Welcome to Audio Tidbits. How much experience have you had with the dread robocall? Particularly if you have a landline, I suspect you have had a bit of experience even today. What do we know about robocalls? We know that some of them are probably legitimate, but at the same time, many of them are nothing but scams. People trying to take our money, trying to get our personal information, trying to do their business at our expense. I was thinking that it might be useful to spend a little time at scam school. I have for you today three scams, three scam school lessons, and I think each is instructive. Here's the first one. Hello? Thank goodness you're at home. I don't know what would have happened if you hadn't answered the phone. This is your grandson and I am in a mess. I was stupid and got myself in a real mess with some bad people. I thought they were okay, but by the time I found out they weren't nice people, it was too late and now they are going to do bad stuff to me if I don't come up with $300 today. I told them I needed some more time, but they said my time was up. I hope you will help me. You got to help me. You're my only hope. Please help me. What happened? They are telling me to get off the phone. They are saying that you either help me or else. They told me to tell you that I can't tell you anything about what happened or about them. They say either get the money or get off the phone. Please help me. How can I get the money to you? They say you can just give me your credit card number and so on. I can go to the bank here and get a cash withdrawal. Then I can give them the $300 and they will go away and I can go back home. They will let me go then. If you can help me this time, I will never get into a mess like this again. I just need the credit card number and such. You will help me, won't you? I guess I don't have much choice. Give me a minute to find the card. Okay, here's the number. Call me when you get home so I know you're okay. Of course, the problem with that is that it wasn't his grandson. Actually, it might not be anyone's grandson. It was a scammer. And the result was that the scammer now has his $300. No, that's not exactly right. The scammer now has all of his credit card information and can go merrily on his way making purchases and maybe even that cash withdrawal. However the scammer deals with it, the mark paid up, the mark provided the personal information, the mark was taken by the scam. You think this might happen to you? I sure hope not. Think a little bit about how the mark could have handled the call differently. What could he have done? What should he have done? I think you'll probably come up with some ideas. Maybe you started with hang up just as soon as the call started. Even if that seems a little risky, it might be well to ask a few questions to explore a little. And if the caller will not give you any information, will not give you any details. I think it would be fair to simply assume that you're dealing with a scam unless you clearly and completely recognize your grandson's voice. Not too likely. Not very likely at all. Okay, I think we learned our lesson and are ready for the next lesson. In lesson two, the scam game changes, but the goal is still the same. The scammer wants personal information, specifically credit card information. 
it's pay up or run the risk of the disaster the scammer tells you about. What do you think? Is this something that would get your attention? Is this something you might respond to? Is this some situation where you might get out your credit card? Let's hope not. But let's see how it turned out. Here we go. Hello. If you hang up, there is nothing I can do to stop what's going to happen to you. I am a real computer hacker and I have set a computer bomb in your computer. I was able to do that by hacking into your Wi-Fi when you were on the internet. I put special software on your computer which will blow in one hour. It will copy all of your important files to me and then wipe and freeze your computer. Your computer will be inoperative and cannot be recovered. I am telling you this so you know what is going to happen to you. The only way to stop this is to pay $22 and then I will access the malware and remove it. You and your computer will be safe. $22 is a small price to keep safe. I am answering no questions and providing no further information. I will wait 27 seconds for you to retrieve your credit card. After the beep, clearly read the credit card number, the expiration month and year, and the security code. There is no other way to save yourself. Are you willing to take the risk? I hope you are not, for your sake. Your 27 seconds start now. This is your last chance to keep safe. At the beep, provide the credit card information, or else. That's definitely a scam that's been going around. Sometimes the caller is from Microsoft, sometimes the caller is from Apple, and sometimes the caller is upfront about it and says he, and it's usually a he, that he is a hacker. Whoever the hacker declares to be, whoever the scammer says he is, you can be pretty sure you're dealing with a scam. In this situation, the mark didn't bite. The mark didn't come to the bait. Although, I get the impression that maybe he was tempted. He waited clear to the end of the call. He didn't just hang up, which is probably what he should have done to begin with. But it was only $22, you say. No, that's not quite right. It wasn't $22 at all. It was the information the hacker would need to go out and make charges on your credit card to go out and have a shopping spree at your expense. Would you have been tempted by the scam? Do you think you would have come to the bait? Let's hope not. Okay, let's move on to lesson three in today's version of Scam School. The final scam in today's edition of Scam School is much more tragic, is much harder to take. I think as you listen 
you'll be able to empathize. And hopefully you won't be able to identify based on an experience you've had. Let's listen now and see what happens. Hello. I am Roger Milford and am calling from the Federal Bureau for Foreign Funds Distribution in Atlanta. It's my honor to inform you that you are a prize winner in the biannual Florida Offshore Sweepstakes. Since the drawing was held on a cruise ship while in international water, the drawing sponsors are required by federal law to pass all notifications and funds distribution through the FBFFD. That is why I have the pleasure of informing you that you are a prize winner. Before I can proceed with the steps for you to receive your prize, I need to verify your address and confirm your identity. Let's start with your full address. Will you please clearly say your full address? I need to record it in your own voice for verification purposes. Well, I guess that will be okay. My address is... Thank you. I can see on my recorder that you were clear and correct, according to your winner's record. Now I need either the last four numbers of your social security number or the last five numbers on your Ohio driver's license. I will be recording those numbers for verification purposes. Please state your full name, and then the numbers. Do it just like you did your address. I am ready when you are. My name is... And the last four numbers on my social security card are... Thank you, Alice. I am impressed that you haven't asked me what your prize is. You are a very patient lady. I am happy to tell you that you have won two million. $333,333.33. The grand prize this year is $6 million. The sweepstakes officials always draw three winners so your share is one-third of the grand prize. You can take your prize as a one-time lump sum or in monthly payments over 10 years. How do you want me to set up delivery of your prize? Well, I don't know what to say. I am in shock. Do I have to decide how to get my price right now? Fortunately, you have a few days while the legal arrangements are being made to transfer the prize to your bank. I will need the account number and the routing number for your bank so the electronic transfer can go through. Will you read those clearly so I can record them in your own voice for verification purposes? The account number is... And the routing number is... Very good. It is a pleasure working with someone as organized as you are. The only step left for today is covering the transaction fee that is required to get your prize headed into your bank account. It's a government thing. Just between you and me, Uncle Sam always is there with the handout. Do you want to just authorize an electronic withdrawal from your account or would you rather put it on a credit card? It's only $250, so maybe the easiest way is to just cover it with your debit card. What is that number? I'll need to record it with your other verification information. The number is... When will I get the $2 million? I like working with someone who goes straight to the right question. The money should be in your account within 30 days. I'll get started on the distribution process just as soon as I hang up. Alice, it has been a pleasure to work with you. Congratulations. 
I wish it was always this easy to do business with all the winners. There you have it. Three robocalls, three scams, three people that were tempted to come to the bait. Two did, one didn't. I think if we look at each of the scams, we can see how any of us might have been tempted. Any of us might have misunderstood what was happening. Any of us might not have been thoughtful enough, careful enough, or cautious enough. For the grandfather, it's easy to see why he went ahead and paid. It's also hard to understand how he was scammed by someone simply pretending to be his grandson. In the second scam, I think lots of people have come to the bait. They've paid the $22 and found out later that it was way more than $22 they were paying. The third scam I find particularly tragic. I think we see what happened. Someone was fully taken advantage of. Someone was overwhelmed and shocked. Someone was put in a situation of suddenly becoming what for them would be fabulously rich. And in that situation, the temptation far overrode good judgment. Nonetheless, it was avoidable. It was possible to simply hang up. It was obviously an example of if it's too good to be true, it's probably not true. And I think that we can say in this context that if it's too good to be true, it's probably a scam. It's almost assuredly a scam. So, I hope you've enjoyed Scam School. I hope there's been something in there for you to chew on a little, to think about. And, most importantly, I hope it leads to your being more cautious, more skeptical, much, much slower to come to the bait. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Audio Tidbits, and I surely hope you come back real soon.